This is Matthew Tempest reporting for Guardian Unlimited from Harrogate with a podcast from the Liberal Democrats Spring Conference. I'm currently stood in a hotel corridor waiting for the leaders rally, Sir Ming Campbell's first address to party activists and the 1000 party faithful who've made it through the snow three inches in half an hour this afternoon to this northern Victorian spa town. Unfortunately I've just heard that Sir Menzies himself is still stuck in snowbound traffic ten miles out of town and the uh, crowd are getting restless, although this being the Liberal Democrats, he leaders rally is less Nuremberg than uh, Holiday Inn. In fact, it literally is a Holiday Inn. We're outside the Harewood suite of the Harrogate Holiday Inn uh, with, I guess, 500 party faithful in there uh, being entertained by Lynn Featherston and Sir Menzies battling through the snow. He's going to give a five-minute address a little bit later on. An unnamed source, in fact, one of the stewards here, tells me the idea originally was to book a medium-sized uh, conference room in order that the new, the new leader, whoever he was, wasn't addressing a half-empty conference hall on a Friday night when nobody had turned up, which, of course, would make disastrous TV pictures for the first, for the first speech from the new leader. But unfortunately, there's a lot of angry Lib Dems around because it's actually absolutely rammed to the rafters. There's an overflow bar where people are getting uh, slightly merry and sheltering from the cold outside and hoping there'll be some sort of audio feed from Sir Ming's uh, speech. But, uh, as I said, the troops are getting a little bit restless. This is it, the grand entrance. Sir Menzies has just managed to make it to the uh, holiday in this Friday night. Uh, there's a crowd of 100 people in the hotel lobby waiting for him, a bunch of flashlights going off as he's clambering out of the uh, the new official leader's car, which, of course, he's entitled to these days. A couple of stragglers still making it through security ahead of him. And here he comes, the grand entrance from the new leader. <laughs> OK, it's... Friday night. I'm backstage to use a showbiz term with Lord Chris Renard, the uh, evil genius behind the uh, Lib Dems' ferocious uh, campaigning strategies. And uh, if I'm right in thinking, Chris, you've actually taken time out to organise the leadership contest which finished yesterday. Well, of course, as the party's chief executive and uh, most senior civil servant, I had to be neutral during the course of the leadership election and organise the ballot and all the arrangements. There was plenty of other things to keep me busy as well during all that period, and to say nothing of the Dunfermline West Fife by-election. And did I mean did the nitty gritty of organising the contest go okay, or do you think you know for future years there are lessons to be learned? We think it ran very smoothly, and it ran without rancour, which is what you hope in an internal party leadership election. Sarah Tether referring to the three inches of snow outside, (laughs) saying that even Liberal Democrats don't deliver leaflets in weather like this. Well, at least not in open toed sandals. This is amazing. We've all been waiting for.
feel very privileged indeed to have been elected leader of this great party. Well, just one final observation as I head off tonight, Friday night home, into the three inches of snow, the black sheet ice on the pavements and the traffic lights hanging with icicles, that if there's one spectator sport this weekend in Harrogate, it's going to be watching these elderly Lib Dem activists slipping and sliding as they make their way between fringes and the conference. is absolutely freezing up here. Although my... Uh, the temperature gauge on my mobile phone, of course, says it's 29 degrees, but that is because I've just come out of the most swelteringly hot leaders' rally in living memory. That's all for tonight. It's Saturday morning here at the Liberal Democrats Spring Conference in Harriet, and we're about to go into the main conference chamber to hear the crunch uh, debate and vote on this slightly controversial policy about the post office. But before I go in there, just a quick word about the conference centre itself, because Harrogate built this place in the early 80s and it's a very unusual building compared with the normal great big concrete boxes by the sea you get at Brighton and Bournemouth where despite the amazing views you never get a window actually looking out over the water. This is a sort of concrete spiral leading up to a chamber up at the top. It's like something out of Thunderbirds with a red carpet and really amazing little bit of architecture and sun streaming in on this uh, March morning. Absolutely beautiful day. The debate itself, which uh, we're just about to go into the chamber for, on the one hand, is slightly irrelevant in that it's what the Liberal Democrats' policy, if they were in government at the moment, on the post office would be. On the other hand, it's highly controversial because it's a sort of bellwether issue on whether they're going to the right or uh, left economically. They want to half-privatise, essentially, the post office, but in a typically sort of Lib Dem way not sell it off to investors in the stock market, but to its own employees in a sort of John Lewis-style cooperative partnership. And uh, there are people outside leafleting against this, leafleting for it. Uh, Sir Ming last night at his uh, little rally pep talk uh, urged everyone to vote for it, which uh, was taken as a, you know early sign of the direction he'd like to take the party into. So let's go inside and see how the debate pans out. And literally, just as I recorded that segment, uh, news came through or broke in Harrogate that Tessa Jowell and her husband David Mills have separated. So I suspect uh, the Liberal Democrat vote on the post office isn't going to get quite the coverage tonight they might have hoped for. Killer quote so far of the weekend from the post office debate. One uh, delegate up on the podium. We Liberal Democrats are not afraid of the truth, and when we find it, we put it on a bit of paper and shove it through a letterbox. So the vote won. Uh, we're all rushing out to join Sir Ming on his uh, walkabout around Harrogate Town Centre, and the conspiracy theory of the weekend is that the local Harrogate Council, Tory-controlled, hasn't gritted the pavements enough, knowing that the Liberal Democrats were coming to town. It's certainly true that it's absolutely lethal out there on those pavements. I've gone uh, head over heel and I've seen other people do it as well, so we'll see if uh, Sir Ming can keep his Olympic footing as he goes out and meets the crowds. Well, I don't know what the collective noun is for a busload of journalists, and I probably don't want to know, but there's about 50 of us crammed on here. 50 of us crammed on to get from the conference centre to the walkabout in the centre of town. And uh, strange reversal, you're showing your press pass to the conductor rather than your ticket. Obviously, this being a podcast, you're going to have to picture this for yourselves, but one enormous media scrum disturbing the uh, good shoppers on a Saturday in Harrogate. OK, some little scumbags just thrown a snowball. 
didn't see where that came from, but Suming has definitely got snow on his shoulder now. Genuine autograph nice hunter there. Now there's a uh, fair trade stall at the end of this street. Will Suming stop in? Looks like he is going to. Wow, Will Suming has signed it. He's got an enormous autograph underlined as well but uh, didn't use the didn't use his knighthood in that uh, in that petition it's saturday afternoon uh, we're just taking a break from uh, the main activities in the conference hall and i'm joined by steve webb mp uh, steve you were a supporter of simon hughes um, so clearly there must be some disappointment your man didn't win the contest Yes, I mean, you spend a month arguing for your candidate, so you're obviously disappointed when he doesn't win. I think everyone in the party recognises Simon is one of our best campaigners, and as he carries on as party president, hopefully we can go on using those talents. But we've already had our first meeting with Ming Campbell as MPs, and he's immediately you know, saying he wants us to unite and to campaign together, and I think everyone in the party now wants to do that. Spring in your step at the spring conference, or is that too horrible a, a simile? Well, I think, uh, given that we've been snowbound, it's more of a winter conference, it feels, but, uh, but spring is coming, as they say. Steve, thanks very much. It's Saturday afternoon. Uh, we've pulled ourselves away from the conference briefly, and I'm in Betty's Tea Shop, the genteel Betty's, synonymous with Harrogate, and uh, also famous for its queues. So with a huge queue still ahead of us, we decided, what the hell, showbiz will just do the show right here in the queue. So I'm joined with Lynn Featherston, uh, MP since last uh, May, when she overturned a huge Labour majority and defeated Barbara Roach in Wood Green and Hornsey. And, uh, well, welcome to the podcast, Lynn. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's an exciting moment, not just for the new leader this weekend, but also yourself as tipped as one of the potential uh, you know, new generation of MPs who might get promoted in Ming's reshuffle. Is there anything you can tell us about that? No, absolutely nothing. You may know more than I do. <laughs> well, we should wait and see. Apparently, Monday is going to be uh, Treasury, uh, Home Affairs and the Foreign Office, and uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, the more junior ministerial jobs, so good luck. <laughs> well, now, you. I hope you haven't blotted your copybook, but it's no secret you were one of Chris Hoon's biggest supporters. I mean, I, I remember you introducing him at the National Liberal Club. Um, there must be some slight disappointment your man didn't win. <coughs> Well, you know, on Thursday when he didn't win, people kept saying, oh, you know, what do you think? And I said, well, on the day when my boy loses, I'm not going to feel so great. But given that it's not going to be Chris, then I think Ming will be fab. And, and actually, he has said all the things that I would want him to say, both in his acceptance speech, his speech after the rally last night, which is, you know, my angst, well, you know, I don't think it would be that surprising to say, was, you know, perhaps he will be seen as a caretaker, as a safe pair of hands. Actually, he said, no, I'm not that, that's not good enough. I'm going to modernise, I'm going to take risks, I'm going to go on a crusade against poverty, so this is music to my ears, and I'm really happy with that. Well, I don't know if you were in the hall this morning, but Chris Hoon also made a short speech just urging activists to vote for this controversial motion on semi-privatising, part privatising the post office, selling it to the workers and virtually got a standing ovation, almost overshadowed the leader. Were you, were you there? Did you see that? I was, and I was really glad for Chris, because I think he led a blinding campaign, really impressive. And that, in a way, was his reward, because that was the activist saying, you did good, boy, and we're proud of you, and you're part of our firmament. He's a star now, regardless. I must just add, we're waiting. Willie, uh, Willie Rennie, the victor of the Dunfermline by-election, is joining us as well here in Betty's, but 
straight from some uh, photo opportunity that he uh, had at uh, a quarter of an hour ago. So any minute now he should arrive. Um, in the meantime, Lynn, I mean, the direction... Yeah. <laughs> Now you rejoin us at Betty's. Uh, I'm joined by uh, Willie Rennie, who is, after Sir Ming himself, the blue-eyed boy of this conference, having given the party a huge boost in the middle of their leadership contest by winning Dunfermline and overturning about 11,000 Labour majority there. Uh, welcome to this podcast, Willie. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to Betty's Tea Room. Yeah. And well done on avoiding that half-hour queue we had to, uh, to get in here. <laughs> now... Give us, give us a podcast exclusive. I'm told all the way through the uh, contest you very closely kept secret who you were backing for leader. Do you want to tell us now that it's all over? No, I'm going to go to my grave with who I voted for. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but um, your, your, your victory did put a spring in the step of the Lib Dems at one of their lowest moments. Um, it must be quite enjoyable to arrive at the, the conference here in Harrogate and uh, I presume you know the hero of the hour. I mean, it's, it's really nice actually to see old friends. I haven't been to the party conference for quite a number of years now, and it's nice to see old friends with a big smile on their face after the victory. So yeah, it's great. I've got to ask because uh, famously, uh, not only did you steal a seat off Labour, but uh, Gordon Brown, the Chancellor, is your is your constituent now. Has he uh, turned up at any uh, surgeries yet? No, but no, but he's very, very welcome to come along. I hold him every Saturday in the community <laughs> centre in North Queens Ferry, and he's very welcome to attend. Now, we were talking uh, with Lynn earlier uh, about the vote today on the post office. Uh, do you see that as a symbolic... I mean, it was, it was a victory for the leadership. It was a decision to partially privatise the post office by uh, selling shares to its workers. Do you see that as a sort of bellwether or symptomatic, symptomatic issue of the direction the party's going to take, the sort of orange book direction? I think what it says is that the party is increasingly facing up to the difficult decisions that have to be made about services and organisations within government. In Scotland, where we're part of the coalition executive, we've had to face these decisions for quite a number of years, and the party here is is also doing likewise. So I'm actually delighted the decision was made uh, this morning, because Liberal Democrats not only look for problems, we actually try and find solutions to them as well, so I was quite pleased with it. And we've got um, a probable reshuffle coming up after the leader's speech tomorrow, Sunday. Then Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, we're told uh, there'll be a, uh, a complete overhaul of the front bench team. Uh, any predictions, any hopes? No, I'm just in the door, I'm afraid. I don't know who's likely to be on the front bench at all, but I'm waiting for that call. How, <laughs> how, how have you found, I mean, as a newbie, a new MP, uh, what, you've been there so two weeks now, three weeks? Yeah, three weeks, yeah. yeah. I mean, how, how, how actually is it in terms of finding an office, finding you? feet finding your way around especially all the language and the, the etiquette and the formalities of the palace of westminster it's a very uh, complicated intimidating place i find and i'm sure well i do you do you find the same thing i mean i've ent- because i've entered the house on my own i've tended to be looked after quite well i've not had the scrum that others have had when they came into the main election to find an office for instance within three hours of ordering my laptop it arrived which is quite unknown. Uh, I've also had a, an office within a week. So everything on that side is very, very supportive. Um, in terms of procedures and so on, I'm just finding the ropes. But I'm used to working in Parliament, so I think I can find my way around, hopefully. Now, here's a tricky question for a Scot, well, a Scottish-based Liberal Democrat MP, because you're in coalition in the executive in Edinburgh with Labour. Everyone down here always hates questions about what would happen after the next general election at Westminster. But, I mean, would you uh, sanction a coalition, uh, uh, an alliance, 
sorts of deals. What's your stance? I mean, I hate those questions as well, I have to admit, because in Scotland, actually, what we do is we campaign as an independent party. And because we've got PR in Scotland, we have to work with others to form a government. So we are prepared to look at what other parties are actually got in their programme and how they're prepared to work with others to see what we can do for government. And I think in down here at Westminster, I think we'll work in a constructively cooperative way as well. And depends what the voters cast up is how we have to work with it. Well, Willie, thanks very much for joining us here in Betty's for a quick cup of tea. I must let you get back to the conference. Thanks very much. Thanks for the, the tea. Very nice. Sunday morning here in the Harrogate Conference Centre and Samin Campbell is about to make his debut speech as the new party leader. Here comes Samenzis to a standing ovation. We'll build an economy that's more efficient and a society that is more just. We're not going to spend more when we can spend more wisely. And I myself see no case for an increase in the overall tax burden in the present economic cycle. Cement is just reaching the uh, crescendo of his speech. He's in front of him. New slogan for the party uh, on the uh, placards behind him for a fairer and greener Britain. Although there hasn't been much mention of the environment in his speech, I must say. as I address you on this first occasion. <coughs> to be the leader of the Liberal Democrats is to be the trustee of a great party. A party with so much to be proud of, but with so many dazzling achievements still to come. And let us pledge today that where we see unfairness, we will challenge it. Where we see injustice, we will attack it. And where we see prejudice, we will confront it. Together, we must campaign as never before. Together, we must become the rallying point for a new liberal democratic Britain. Together, we will win. Standing ovation from the party activists. I'll just go and see what a few of them made of the speech. Sir, what did you make of the speech? Sorry? What did, what did you make of the speech, sir? An interesting setting out of direction of travel. Um, the bit I liked particularly was where he was talking about where we as a party must reform ourselves, change to modernise the party as well as our policies. I think that's a good starting point for the new regime. And did you vote for him? No, I didn't. Thanks very much. So Menzies is joined on stage by his wife and uh, what looks like uh, most of the current front bench team at least.
not quite sure what this new theme music is. I don't recognise it from any of the uh, past few years' little Democrat conferences. Excuse me, madam, what did you think of the speech? I thought it was very, very clear. Actually, very, very inspirational, much more inspirational than I originally thought it would be. I think Ming has really set the scene for the next six months or so, and I think we're on to a fantastically positive time ahead. Thank you. And do you say that as someone who voted for him, or were you one of the supporters uh, of the other candidates? I can't say, actually, because I'm a member of staff. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's a good minute and still going as Ming makes his way off stage and uh, through the crowds of well-wishers. That's all from this podcast from the Liberal Democrat Spring Party Conference in Harrogate. As uh, Cementers himself said, see you all in six months' time in Brighton.